0: Second Samuel five one through five nine to ten. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Look, we are your bone and flesh. For some time while Saul was king over us, it was you who led out Israel and brought it in. The Lord said to you, It is you who shall be shepherd of my people Israel. You shall you who shall be ruler over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the kingdom at Hebron. And king david made a covenant with them at hebron before the lord and they anointed david king over israel david was 30 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 40 years at hebron he reigned over judah seven years and six months and at jerusalem he reigned over all israel and judah 33 years david occupied a stronghold and named it the city of david david built the city all around from the millow inward, and David became greater and greater, for the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. As I saw that title slide flash by, I realized I forgot to change the title from last week. It is not walking through grief. This is becoming a leader today. Um, And so lesson number one, your leader of this church is very, (laughs) very flawed. And I don't always change every slide. I'm supposed to. Darn it. Finally, finally, this weekend, I got the dogs out for a couple of hikes. I decided back in the spring that I would take the dogs out at least once a week out of our neighborhood, like into the mountains somewhere to go hiking. But between the weather, schedules, and oh, spraining my foot and ankle right before Memorial Day, my plans have been postponed. But I've been working hard on healing, and finally, we got out there. So we're actually going to see a picture of my puppies on our hike. This is one of our adventures with Jesus. My dogs do not care at all about posing for the camera. See that? They don't care. But you can see, you know, the lovely hillside there. So the black one is Sable. The lighter one is Graham. So I usually walk the dogs a couple of miles every day, just in our neighborhood, we're really close to Highline Canal Trail. And I was remembering something that someone said to me once while watching me walk my two dogs. Are you walking those dogs, or are those dogs walking you? I do fully admit that my dogs are poorly trained, as I have trained them poorly. They pull on the leash. They walk out in front of me. They have terrible manners and think that every person or dog we pass is their new personal friend and they'd like to get to know them very intimately. They jump and bark if I do not let them overwhelm people that we pass. But I enjoy our walks. And finally this weekend we got some mountain hikes. It was a good time for me to consider while walking and mulling over the idea of David now becoming king, David now being the leader of all Israel, who is the leader of our little dog slash human pack? You know, a case could be made for Sable. She's the black one. She's also the one that lost one of her legs in a car accident a couple of years ago. And we tend to say in our family, we do not know what we'd do if she had four legs because she has so much energy. It does not stop her having only three legs. She is full of kind of this wired, anxious energy all the time. She goes nuts when I say the word walk, so we don't say that around her unless that is actually happening. She's usually out in front of the rest of us, pulling on the leash. Let's go, let's go, there's things to see. She could definitely be considered one of our leaders, or our leader. But then there's Graham, and Graham is many degrees calmer than Sable. He loves to sniff the messages that other dogs have left in the grass, but in general, he just kind of keeps an eye on Sable and an eye on me. He serves as sort of a service dog um, for Sable sometimes because he's always watching out for her. Did she stumble? Is she having a hard time? Lagging behind? Seemed to be getting tired? He's always very attentive to that. He can tell when she's nervous with another person or another dog, and he will get right in there between them. He keeps his eye on me too because, let's face it, I'm the biggest, most lumbering, clumsy one of the three of us. I trip on rocks. I lag behind. So he could be our leader in nurture for sure. And last but not least, always bringing up the rear. There's me. I'm the one that initiates the walk or the hike. I drive them to the hike if we need to drive. I hold the leashes. I determine the direction that we're going to go if there's a split in the road. They seem to trust that I know what I'm doing and I know where I'm going, which is not always the case. So maybe I'm the leader. But you know what? I never really know when I'm walking those dogs. So finally, finally, David becomes king of all Israel. Former Old Testament professor at Lutheran School of Theology, Ralph Klein, reminds us that David was actually anointed king three different times. The first time, he was anointed by the prophet Samuel secretly and at God's direction. And we, a few weeks ago, talked about that story. That divine designation and election was prior and most important, but David was also anointed king by a decision of the people. First, it was Judah, where David served as a kind of mini-king for seven and a half years. It was only one tribe, but it was a beginning. But during all of that time, those first kind of seven and a half years, David and his house grew stronger and stronger So after the death of Saul and the death of all of Saul's sons, the people of Israel turned to David. They complimented him, praised him. They turned all of their allegiance to him. Essentially, they turned their back on the memory of Saul. You can hear that in the scripture. And put all their support behind David. They needed a leader that they could trust. So the kingdoms of Judah, where David had been kind of this mini king, and all of the northern tribes of Israel finally come all together under the rule of David. One of the things that the people emphasize in the need of a king is that they need that king to be a shepherd of the people. Ralph Klein writes, the word shepherd in antiquity was a synonym for king, which is fun when you think about how David as a youngster was a shepherd, and now he's the king. When we hail Yahweh as shepherd in the 23rd Psalm, that title has royal overtones. So Israel is looking at David not to only be a ruler, but to be a very specific kind of ruler, a kind and benevolent king, one that mimics the nurture and care of God. You know, we may not know much about shepherds or sheep in our modern-day city life, but we can probably assume a few things from some of the stories of sheep that we hear in the scripture. For instance, from the 23rd Psalm, it starts out, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. We can deduce then from this psalm that shepherds take care of the needs of the sheep. They make sure that they have food and water and a place to rest. From the parable that Jesus told about the lost sheep, you remember this one with me, there were a hundred sheep, but then one wandered off. And Jesus left all the other 99 to go find the one. We can infer from that story that the shepherd cares and looks after each individual sheep and doesn't give up on any of them. This kind of king is very different than one that can just wield power and authority. This is a kind of king that cares, that nurtures, that is wise and kind. And I would say that for the Israelites, the expectations for their king are pretty dang high. But the scriptures remind us that God is with David and that David has a heart that loves God. This is shared with us over and over again in the stories of David, that he is this this passionate lover of God. Now, this does not mean in any way that David is perfect or without fault, as we will come to see in future weeks, but that his heart is in the right place, to care for God, and care for God's people. This isn't just a decision to wield military might. It's a decision to bring David as their king for another kind of leadership. So I was thinking about um, one of my favorite leaders in my life. We have leaders in all sorts of places, at work, um, in our families, in our governments. But I was thinking about probably the person that I will always consider my pastor, my good friend and mentor, Reverend Olin Mulford Lindemood. He was a senior pastor at Loveland First United Methodist Church when I served there many years ago. Um, Now he's the senior pastor at Sunrise in Colorado Springs. He is a big guy. He is tall and he is not thin. He's just big. He could be intimidating if he wanted to be. In fact, these days he's got a He's got a beard going on. I think it gives him a little bit more something. His bearing and posture, his size, scream authority. This is a guy to pay attention to. He has gravitas, right? And yet he has this ability to be very, very quiet. But you know that he's intelligent. You can just tell by looking at him. So you know when he does speak up, you better listen. He doesn't have to use his voice in that way. He could command... He could raise his voice. He could use his power to do whatever he wanted to do. And I'm sure that's very tempting as a pastor at times. But he very specifically chooses to downplay his inherent authority as a big, tall, straight, white, older guy He knows that to truly pastor people need to trust him in the pulpit, in the hospital, in the community. His role that he takes very seriously is to nurture and care and to give away his authority every chance he gets. I am sure It would be really tempting to use his power in another way. I don't know what it's like to be a big guy, but I think people listen to you when you are. But instead, he chooses the value of care over all other things. And why? Well, it's probably because he has a heart for God. He loves God fiercely and passionately, and, of course, God loves him as God loves us all. And he loves God's ways and wants to be different than what maybe the world would say is a good leader, kinder, more caring, trustworthy. The truth is that all human leaders are exactly that, human. As great as I think Olin is, he is not perfect. As wonderful as the Israelites thought David was, he was not without fault. Our earthly leaders are always just like a decision or a comment away from us. Losing our trust in them or us being disappointed in them. Every single human leader, no matter what station. And so I think that as we learn the story of David from beginning to end, and especially at this moment, we are reminded that God was with us. David, and that the only leader who will never, ever give up on us, whose love and care is unending and perfect, is our creator, our God. O shepherd God, lead us in ways that honor you, that care for others, and to help us all have a good life full of freedom, hope. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.